Welcome to Second Half Now, a listening experience for the 50-plus generation, second-halfers, boomers, and seniors. The mission of this show is to help people learn how to live a life that matters. This is what adds purpose and fulfillment to our days and helps us make sense of this crazy thing called life. Your hosts are Dr. Dan Critchett and Patrick Lyons, and the show is all about guests and topics that deal with the challenges and opportunities of real people in today's world. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and Patrick are in the studio now and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's join them now. So what do you do when things in your life turn out to be much different than what you had planned? Where do you turn when your whole world gets turned upside down? We all have stories of events and circumstances that have altered the course of our lives. But for some, the events have made it difficult even to keep on living. It seems like these that cause people to reach out for a power beyond their own, seeking help in ways perhaps they never have before. People of faith know where that power is, and they know who that power is. Today, we're talking with a couple who experienced such a life-altering event. We're going to hear from real people how faith can become incredibly real. This is Second Half Now, a radio show and podcast uniquely designed for the 50-plus generation. And this is where we discuss the things that are important to us in the second half of life. We want to welcome you to the discussion. We invite you to pull up a chair and join us at the table I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and our mission for this show is helping the 50-plus American live a life that matters. In studio with me today is Gordon and Jill Vigiano, and the title of today's show is Real Faith for Real People. Gordon and Jill, thank you so much for coming in today, and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank you for having us. I want to get right into it because you have a story to tell, and that's kind of the framework as we talk about trusting God when times are tough. So uh, let's hear uh, that story. It's been 10 and a half years. Tell us. Well, I think we were a typical American family. We were uh, a typical Christian American family. We had kids at home. Gordon had his own company. He was uh, a consultant. I stayed at home, and I was rarely at home, but I was the stay-at-home mom raising the kids, volunteering at school, doing all the normal, wonderful, wonderful things of raising a family. Perfect American life, right? Perfect. Yes. Perfect. And and we appreciated it. It wasn't like we thought it should be better. We appreciated it. And uh, our children were 10 and, no, 12 and 14 at the time. Uh, It was Gordon's 51st birthday, big celebration, planning a little trip. Everything looked great. And... uh, Gordon woke me up in the middle of the night uh, telling me he couldn't see out of his left eye. We took him to the emergency room. They couldn't find anything wrong. We came back home again because they said, you seem to be pretty much fine. And uh, within minutes, he collapsed and was completely unresponsive. Then the ambulance came, uh, Mm. took him to the hospital. It turned out he had a spontaneous bilateral carotid artery dissection meaning both of his carotid arteries cracked, resulting in a massive stroke. Oh, man. It was, uh, he was too young for it. He had no risk factors, and yet it happened. It was just one of those things. Um, uh, the stroke took away his use of the right side of his body, his ability to speak, his memory. What else? 
<laughs> he was in very bad shape. And, um, and so then, you know, our life started over. It started over in a very different way. And it was all about recovery and trying to regain whatever it was we could regain. And here it is 10 and a half years later. Can you give us a, a brief update about uh, that journey? Sure. I, I want to ask some specific questions about uh, the development of faith and dependence and all of that stuff. But uh, just in terms of the status of things, I mean, Gordon, we shook hands out there in the hallway. Uh, yes. Your right hand, I was that was great because uh, we've known each other for a while and a good strong grip. So some of that is coming back. And then the cognitive functions have improved over the 10 and a half years. But is there anything else to add to that in terms of uh, kind of an update? I mean, this, this, was a, it, this was an event that absolutely turned your, your world upside down. It really did. Um, and one of the hard things about dealing with brain injury, and stroke is a brain injury, mm, yeah. is there were a lot of limitations placed saying, you know, what, you'll, you'll only have a year to recover. You might have two years to recover. We decided not to believe those, and we decided to just, we were just going to keep working on it as long as we could. And I'm always really thrilled to tell people that I feel like we saw consistent recovery for eight years. But that was with eight years of effort. Yes. But uh, so, and, and the great thing is Gordon walks. Uh, he walks 10,000 steps a day faithfully. Wow. And uh, you have that on your watch, Gordon? Yes. yes? Okay. He, yes, he has it on his watch. Counters, yes. <laughs> and he, uh, in a conversation, he speaks quite well. Open-ended sentences, open-ended questions really throw him. Mm. The cognition problems kick yeah. in right there. But he speaks, he walks. He's gotten some use out of his right hand, you know, kind of gross motor skills, not fine motor skills. Um, and really, he's he's a walking, mostly talking miracle <laughs> <Yeah>. of recovery, <laughs> Yeah, far surpassing anything that was uh, projected for him. And I think as I've heard you before, and you've been on my show before, the some of the improvements or the advances have been teeny tiny little steps, right? Just a little bit at a time, but recognizable. And you say, okay, mm-hmm. that was good. In fact, I remember watching a video of something, a demonstrated skill or something. I don't know what it was, picking up a quarter off a table or it was something. but Drinking out of a cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still can't do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I do remember that video too. And I want people to identify with this. And maybe you or your loved one didn't have a stroke, but maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else that kind of crashed into your life and you're trying to figure out what do you do now? Because it turned every, it changes your future, you know, in an instant or over a period of time, depending upon your circumstances. But I'd like to talk about how how this changes your faith. Because you were active, church-going people, you know, you had a Christian life and a Christian home and so forth. But then all of a sudden, and not to question or doubt those who aren't dealing with, the, you know, your kind of thing and really find faith in the darkness— but how is that nurtured or grown your faith over a period of time? Because the title of the show is Real Faith for Real People. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts about that. Like you said, we were a Christian family. I always I grew up with with faith. I was never without it. And I thought I put God first. I thought mm-hmm. I did. And when this event happened and everything was taken away from us that's when I found out what it was really like to Mm. put God first in my life. And it wasn't because I was so sharp and faithful. It was because he had pruned us back to have nothing else. And I learned what it was, what it really was to put God first in my life. And it's an incredibly humbling and incredibly freeing 
thing. It's a very difficult process. Yeah, but scary. Very scary, very yeah. scary. I had no idea how much faith I had put into yeah. stuff. Well, we and want things. to hold on to things. We want to be capable. You know, we want to be responsible. We want to do things. And there's right? nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Um, but one of the things that I like to stress to audiences when we're speaking is is that it took almost no time for it all to disappear in mm. less than nine hours for everything to be gone wow from the moment he collapsed yeah and and the stroke began you know we we were independently employed so we had a high deductible health plan well there's a bunch of money that goes yeah. out for that um he was the only revenue producer in the home that was gone you know, we'd spend all this time planning and saving for retirement and saving for college, doing all the things that you're supposed yep, to do. All the right and things, yet right. I it comes it turns out it's all really a house of cards and it doesn't take much of a blow of breeze and wind to make that whole house of cards yeah. come crumbling down. So it went from being, you know, confident and well planned life to what in the world is going to happen to us and it was only a matter of hours. I'm thinking our listeners can relate to that, either themselves or someone in their family or a loved one or someone they know. Uh, you used a phrase when we had a, our uh, conference call about, uh, about a burning building. Can you kind of rephrase that for us? When Gordon was in the hospital and I'm, you know, I have two children looking at me, asking me what's going to happen to us, Mom, and I know that he, well, he, he might not even survive let alone come home to me mm. in in a wheelchair and 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 having to step out and take control of whatever I can, which was very little. Um, it felt like standing on the ledge outside a tall burning building. Yeah. You know, every the whole life we had was in that interior in flames, destroyed as I watched. So the question was, what did I do? Was I going to just stand there and do nothing and let my whole world collapse around me? Mm. Or was I going to take that step off the bridge, off the ledge and say, and jump into the hands of God and say, it's up to you. You're going to have to catch me. Wow. That is a step of faith, a moment of faith. And I, I want our listeners to hear you were already a person of faith. Yes. And this is what brought you to the ledge, so to speak. Yes. And, um, and in your book, and I want to mention this, Painful Blessing, and, and uh, I'd like people to Google that, and uh, you can go to Painful Blessing, and you'll find that book. Mm -hmm. um, but you, we talked about uh, kind of reducing it down, you know, chapters and, you know, down to a little synopsis and so forth. And then uh, you thought, well, what if I had to reduce my book down to a single word? Tell us about that. As I reflect on the experience and I reflect on the book as, as I had to write you know, shorter and shorter summaries as mm -hmm. we would send out copies of the book, it occurred to me that if I had to get it down to one word, I would reduce my entire book down to one word, and that would be surrender. I always say, Gordon is a story of recovery. I am a story of surrender. Wow. And how we went through this, we have continued to go through this experience together. Yes, right. um, and we do focus a lot on recovery. But for me, it was about surrender as I watched all the power I thought I had, yeah. as I watched all that power disappear yeah. in a moment. Um, and I could fight it all I wanted, but it made no difference. And when I finally was able to come to that moment of total surrender, saying, you know, my dear Jesus, you do with me what you will. I will do my best, but I am in your hands. I have no power it's an incredibly humbling experience, yeah. but so freeing. And when I came to that moment and truly embraced it, 
every day. This doesn't happen just once. Right, you get up exactly. every day and you start over yep. again. Um, it was it was really what allowed me to get up and get out of bed and face the next day, yeah. whatever it might bring. Yeah. That is so powerful because I think in our comfort and convenience of our typical American life, you know, even a life of faith in the you know church and and our Christian upbringing and our practices and so forth, that whole thing of surrender doesn't confront us, you know, in the face, and we don't have to jump off, decide to jump off that that burning building, and that's so so extraordinary. And I, I just I appreciate your sharing about that because that that is what puts people when there's nothing else they can do. You know, I hear about the missionaries who say we, we found out that uh, that Jesus was all we had, and we learned that that was enough. So I want you to tell us about what you have learned about God. I mean, your faith is developing, and and you have this surrender. You jump into His faithful arms, and uh, I wonder if you could tell us about what you have learned in these ten and a half years about Him, because He is the object of our faith, and He's the one that promises to be there with us and for us. And I'd like you to speak to that uh, when we come back from the break. So don't go away, folks. We will be right back. Do you have aging loved ones who need some help at home? How do you know when it's time to get some assistance? And what are the signs they may not be able to live at home safely? Golden Placement Services specializes in these questions and transitions. They provide professional placement services when it comes time to find a safe, comfortable place for your loved one to live. These are people you can trust, and their services are provided at no charge to your family. Call Diane Delaney at 503-926-2111. That's 503-926-2111. Golden Placement Services. Caring professionals you can trust. Sometimes we just need a little help around the house. Small repairs, painting, lawn and yard maintenance, cleanup jobs. These are some of the things handled by Sheldon's Maintenance. Or if your roof needs repair or replacing, or if you have a kitchen or bathroom that needs remodeling or updating, Sheldon's Maintenance is your go-to source for help. For all your handyman needs, call Sheldon's Maintenance for a free estimate. 503-804-7717. That's 503-804-7717. Sheldon's Maintenance for all your handyman needs. If you are even thinking about buying or selling a house, you really need to talk to the best in the business. You probably have lots of important questions. After all, it's not just a house, it's your home. Dave Long at 24-7 Properties is the realtor who can answer your questions and provide lots of options. There's no cost or obligation to get his accurate, reliable information that will help you make the decisions that are best for you. Call Dave Long at 503-607-4260. 16. That's 503 607 4216. 24 7 properties. It's not just your house. It's your home. Hello, Milo. Believes that prevention and proactive thinking are the future of aging with grace and independence at home. We offer regular delivery of healthy, nutritious meals designed by a certified, licensed dietitian. Our meals are chef-prepared and delivered to the home. We also offer helpful home visits by our trained companions who can help with light housekeeping, small helpful tasks, or personal activities such as going for a walk, working a puzzle, or just having a friendly chat. Find out how we can help you or your loved one. Call Milo at 877 877- 243-5928. That's 877-243-5928. Hello, Milo. Promoting grace and independence at home. Welcome back to Second Half Now. We're in the studio here with Gordon and Jill Vigiano. And I want to give a big thank you after you've heard some of our sponsors. We have some other ones I want to mention to you personally. 
and that is uh, Bob Lum, Integrity and Service for All Your Insurance Needs. We have Serving Our Neighbors, Raising Up Leaders, and Building Bridges to Better Our Communities. And we're going to give a big thank you to Jay Tompkins, Products and Strategies for Anti-Aging and Wellness. Also, a thank you to Marriage Architects, Design and Build Your Dream Marriage, and Carmen Farmer, Enjoyment Coach for Retirees Who Want More Fun and Fulfillment. And a big thank you to Jackie B. Peterson with Better, Smarter, Richer, Do What You Love, and Earn an Income Doing It. This is really important that I mention these because these are the folks that make it possible for us to do the show and to put it out there for you uh, to listen to anytime, any place. And our partners are the ones that uh, that make that possible because we don't sell anything. We don't ask for donations. And so our sponsors are the ones that uh, provide that for us. So to learn about them, you go to our website, secondfnow.com, and up on the top there's a network page, and click on that, and it'll open up uh, the page for our sponsors. You can click on any of those, a logo or a contact information, and uh, you'll learn more. Might maybe go directly to their website or their contact information. We want to encourage you to, um, to check them out. So again, we are in studio with Gordon and Jill Vigiano, and the title of today's show is Real Faith for Real People. So I wanted to uh, bring up this question because you've learned about yourself and about your, uh, your helplessness and about your leap of faith from that uh, burning building. What have you learned about the object of your faith and your trust? What have you learned about God himself in the midst of this journey of 10 and a half years that you've been on? Oh, I've learned God is so faithful to his promises. And I think one of the benefits for me is it has really gotten me back into the Bible way Mm. more than it was to read about those promises and identify those promises so that I can claim those promises. How can I claim them if I don't even know what they are? Yeah, (laughs) good point, yeah. And, uh, you know, there are several scriptures that talk about God having a plan and a purpose for us, and uh, we might be uh, running on a track and say, well, this is certainly God's plan. Uh, and then something happens, we figure, well, I guess God had a different plan, right? So um, who are we to know from the Almighty, you know, the one who casts the stars into into the universe and runs the, runs the entire thing? So can you speak to that uh, for a moment about uh, his plan versus your plan? That was, that's, I always say that's part of my surrender story, yeah. is being able to say goodbye to our old life. Yeah. Um, and even a, a lot of our old friends, not that they aren't our friends anymore, but the, our life went off the rails. No one else's did. So our life is the one that changed. No one else's changed. Mm, yeah. uh, and so to be able to say goodbye to that and be okay with it, and and just, you know, at that point, really turn to God and say, this terrible thing has happened. Please help us find a way to make something good come out of it, because mm. that is one of his promises. Yes. That he will, for those who trust in him, that he will use things to for their benefit. Yeah. And so finding what direction that was, um, and I certainly didn't push to look for a direction. I, I trusted him that he would reveal it, and... And it really all came through Gordon. He, Gordon wanted to talk about what happened, which was ironic because he couldn't talk. <laughs> so I ended up writing a speech for him to be able to read. So he couldn't really comprehend reading, but he could say mm. the words, but he couldn't yeah. remember them or really comprehend them. But 
I knew what he wanted to talk about. So yeah. we en- I ended up writing a speech for him. And it was through that that we ended up putting together this presentation that we give. And we talk about this experience in the effort of bringing hope and encouragement to other people. That might be the speech that I heard. It was several years ago at the Christian Chamber of Commerce, right? And I know, Gordon, that you had probably rehearsed that many times oh, before yeah. you were up at the podium at that one time. And it came across so powerfully. So, I still have to rehearse it. Do you really? Yeah, sure. That's just part of the nature of your cognitive functioning uh, right now. So, um, gosh, uh, um, my dad used to say, you know how to make God laugh? And maybe you've heard this. You know how to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. <laughs> it's so true. And he'll say, oh, boy, do I have a surprise for you. <laughs> so I know that this experience has changed how you relate to other people, how you see other people, how you talk with them, how you interact with them. Tell us about that. Having gone through this experience, this incredibly humbling uh, experience, it has and, – and now we go around and we speak about this experience – the number of people that write to us or come up to us and talk to us and tell us their stories. Yeah. I have learned so much more just about people in general. Everybody's carrying a heavy load. Mm. Most of the Good time, point. they don't want anyone to know. Right. Or they don't have time to even tell you because they're, they're trying to you know, just keep all these balls in the air and they're yeah. trying so hard to keep anything from falling. And when we tell our story, because we're very open about it, and we really uh, expose the fear and the faith, sort of both that happened. We find that many people come to us and they'll, they'll tell us their, their secrets or their hard stories, the things that they may not want anyone else to know. Yeah. It's incredibly humbling, and I feel so privileged that they trust us yeah. with their stories. But I, I have learned great compassion for people, and it doesn't matter age occupation, gender, it does not matter. People are carrying heavy loads. Life can be very difficult. Yes, right. And and sometimes to be the one that opens up and is vulnerable, you open the door for that person to yeah. allow themselves a moment. What a great ministry for you to be able to provide that vulnerability and that transparency for others because you demonstrate it yourself. And they feel maybe for the first time uh, that they can actually speak about it. And I'm sure those are emotional times, aren't they? I mean, people that you have talked with. Uh, it does, Like I yeah. said, it doesn't matter age, gender, nothing. People come up to us, and sometimes they just start crying. They may not even tell us the story. They may just stand there and cry. Wow. And I, I have such compassion for them. I know it's deep. Yeah. It's scary. It's all those things. And to have, to have that trust with them that they'll tell us or even just stand there and cry with us, it's it's such a, a a service ministry. I think of our speaking engagements as ministries. Yeah. And having that moment with people, it's it's so meaningful, and it really encourages me to go to the next one and to try to be there for the next person. Very personalized. Yeah. You wanted to make sure we end uh, giving a message of encouragement and hope. We only have a minute left. Can you uh, can you bring us that? Put, put your faith in Jesus. You know, he says, trust me. I heard someone hold up a Bible once and say, this whole Bible can be reduced to two words, trust me. And it's true. Yeah. He's been there for yeah. us in the most incredible, deep, awful moments, and yet has brought us through to this moment. And we are always grateful, and we always try to share that with people. And he has given you the 
faith to trust his faithfulness. I mean, we don't conjure that up ourselves, right? We don't mm. dig down deep and have something that, that we have come up with. I had to be taught. Yeah, yeah. And it's, again, that keyword, surrender. So that's going to wrap it up for us for today, folks. Again, we're in studio with Gordon and Jill Vigiano telling their story of God's faithfulness through their life-altering event and their daily walk of faith. And so the title of today's show is Real Faith for Real People. Gordon and Jill, I want to thank you so much for coming in today and telling your story. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Sir. If you have questions about today's topic or would like to get connected with Gordon and Jill, uh, you know what to do. You can go to secondhalfnow.com and click on the contact page. If you have suggestions for other topics or other guests, we really want this to be dynamic and a dialogue. We want you to uh, let us know what suggestions you might have. Or if you'd like for us to send uh, you the show every week, we can uh, be in your inbox every week with our show. And um, that's it. We go to go to the uh, network page. Also, look for our sponsors and uh, see if they have something that you need or would like to learn more about. And we want to thank you for listening today. Second Half Now, helping today's 50-plus American live a life that matters. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God, our faithful God, help you live a life that matters. Join us again at the table anytime. Find all of our shows on our website, secondhalfnow.com. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Second Half Now, a listening experience dedicated to helping the 50-plus American live a life that matters for second-halfers, boomers, and seniors. As we wrap up this episode, we invite you to take action. Step up, get engaged, do something to learn more. Find out what you can do right now to take a step toward living a life that matters. Connect with us on our website, secondhalfnow.com. Learn the many ways you can listen to the show, share it with others, and actually take some steps in the right direction. Think about it. The opposite of living a life that matters is living a life that doesn't matter. Now that doesn't sound very appealing, does it? Go to secondhalfnow.com and let's explore what's next for you.